welcome to Transforming Minds, Transforming Lives, a podcast series of RCCG Living Spring Pittsburgh. Stay tuned for our senior pastor, Boyga Esson. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1, I will read all through till 8. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain, a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to throw away, a time to tear, a time to sow, a time to keep silence, a time to speak, a time to love, a time to eat, a time of war, and of course a time of peace. It's my prayer you will see times of peace in the mighty name of Jesus. Well, we said last week that God actually ordained life to be in seasons. And we said that what we see in creation is actually an indication of how God operates. God doesn't operate in a way that we all have summer all through. We don't have winter all through. So there are also winter times of life. There are times that you are lonely in life. There are times that life is just beating you. The winter seasons are always harsh. It's the ashes of all the seasons, but it's still necessary because if you don't have winter, most likely you don't have water levels rising. So there's a reason for every season. We don't despise a particular season because if you do so, the season will beat you. Amen? In other words, we just adjust to seasons. You don't say, oh, because winter is coming, you will quit your job, your good playing job in Pittsburgh, and then move to Florida. No, 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 no. You have to adjust to that winter season of life. We said there's a reason for every season. Seasons are constant. There's nothing you can do about it. Seasons also change. Just like you have winter giving way to spring, also the winter times of life also can give way to spring. We said last week that somehow, sometime in the life of a man called Elimelech, that he had to leave his own country of Bethlehem, Judah, to relocate to the country of the Moabs, because there was famine in his own country. After a couple of years, he died, his two sons died as well. The wife, Naomi, had to move back, because there was now a change of season in Bethlehem, Judah. The famine in Bethlehem, Judah, actually gave way for abundance. So seasons change. is cyclical. In other words, one bad season will give way for a good season, and that's how God ordains it. And if you don't understand these things, you will not have the wisdom to adjust to life. That challenge you are going through, it may be a winter season, is not forever. It's not everlasting. God's plan is that somehow things will change, and things will change for the better in the mighty name of Jesus. We actually looked at the life of David, and we saw the different seasons of his life. There was a time David was in mediocrity. Nobody knew him. Even he was killing lion and killing bear, doing great feats. But it wasn't celebrated because it was an unknown time. It was a time of oblivion for him. But by the time he came to limelight and he killed Goliath, it was celebrated. So a season ended in the life of David. From oblivion, he became king, season of enthronement. After that, of course, he became complacent, season of complacency. And that was when he fell into sin. And of course, from that, a rebellion rose up in his house. So we can see from that complacency came a rebellion in his house. He was driven back into the wilderness. 
And from there again, he was enthroned. So different seasons in David's life, and all those seasons matter. He became the man of God that God actually wanted because he went through those seasons wisely. Even the season of rebellion didn't kill him. People die. I hope you know people die in winter. I hope you know that. People die when things are harsh. People give up. They give up on life. Where is somebody committing suicide? Because look, what is bearing, what is handling is too much for him to bear. We also said if life is just one long summer, uh, many people will miss heaven. Solomon had one long summer. He never had any reason to fight any battle. He became king. It was given to him on a platter. He had so much money, so he married 700 wives. Out 300 concubines. It was one long summer for Solomon. But because of God's mercy and because of God's covenant with David, he would have lost heaven. So there's reason for every season. Whatever season you are going through, just thank God and learn the lesson the season is bringing to you and make adjustments. Because God is the God of times and seasons. He's the one that determines when the season ends and the time is when to usher you into a new season. And it's my prayer, those harsh seasons will end. Maybe you are going through a lonely season. It will give way for a better season in your life in the mighty name of Jesus. It's also true, that's why we are coming to today, that look, yes, God determines the times and the seasons. But if you don't learn to cooperate with him, you may overstay in a season. It's true God can also shorten the span of a season. Because yes, there may be a determined date, but if you don't cooperate with the will of God, it can also spill. It can extend. It was God's plan that the Israelites stay in Egypt for 400 years. Mind you, that was God's plan. That was the season of bondage for 400 years. God never intended it would go past 400 years. But that thing went off another 30 years. When God speaks, if no man cooperates, nothing will happen. It's not all about God alone. Amen. That's why he gave us a free will. Somebody said, without man, God will not do certain things. But without God, we cannot do many things. So it's always a collaboration, always a cooperation between man and God. As a matter of fact, in John chapter 2, we see there the life of Jesus. The first miracle Jesus performed ever in his ministry was in Cana of Galilee. He said, my time has not come. The season for my manifestation hasn't come. But because the mother placed a demand on him, they were in a wedding banquet, wine ran out of that wedding banquet, and Jesus' mother came to him and said, give these people wine. And Jesus said, John chapter 2 verse 5, said, my time has not yet come. Say, woman, leave me alone, my time has not yet come. But Jesus' mother persisted. And somehow, he did miracle. Even though it wasn't yet time for his manifestation, but because there was a demand on him, and because it was his mother demanding from him, he gave in. So God can also give in. If all the T's are crossed well, if all the I's are dotted, if there's cooperation between God and man, you always see manifestation. It's my prayer God will help us to always cooperate with him in the mighty name of Jesus. It's my prayer your life will just be on the upward in the mighty name of Jesus. And you know people become spiritually mature where they can handle all the seasons. <laughs> Not everybody can handle all the seasons. <laughs> but Paul said, he said, I have learned in all things both how to abound and how to abase. That's a spiritually mature person. So his emotions are not controlled by seasons. So all seasons, whether it's good, whether it's bad, is the same person. Whether there's abundance, whether there's little, is the same person. Because not everybody can handle seasons. 
But those who are spiritually mature, they know that what matters is God. They know that the ultimate is God. When Joseph became king, he didn't change. From a prisoner, became governor. He didn't change. And it's my prayer, God will help us in the mighty name of Jesus. So for us to determine the seasons with the help of God, we have to realize there's a God factor. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever. For wisdom and might are his, and he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings, raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. So God knows he changes the times and the seasons. Job 23 verse 10 says, Job said, But he knows the way I take. When he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. So God always uses seasons of life to make us better. David became the man after God's heart because he went through different seasons of life. When he was in the wilderness, being chased by his son, that was when he wrote a good number of the Psalms. It will surprise you that when Paul was in Philippi, in jail, that was when he wrote the book of Philippians. And he was talking about joy, about joy. So one man was in prison, was writing letter, and the letter was all about joy, joy, joy. So people are mature. People know God. They are not swayed by the seasons. He said, those who know their God shall be strong and they shall do exploits. He said, those who know their God, they don't glory in their riches. They don't glory in their wisdom. They only glory in one thing, that they know and understand God. That's what they glory in. So when God becomes priority, nothing will shake you anymore. When God becomes number one, when God becomes everything, nothing shakes you anymore. And I see God becoming everything to you in Jesus' mighty name. Another factor about seasons is having a good attitude. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say to you, rejoice. Joy, positive confession. In Numbers chapter 14, verses 22 to 23, the Israelites, God spoke about them, that he was going to deal with them. Because they got to the brink of destiny. Another season was beckoning on them. Moses sent 12 leaders of the people to go and check out the land. And when they saw the land, it was good. But the people living in the land were giants and they were afraid. And they came back, they gave a very bad report of the land that we cannot take over that land, forget it, it can't be done. And they said, let's go back to Egypt. We are not even going anywhere anymore. Let's go back to Egypt. And Joshua and Caleb spoke contrary. They said, oh, no. If God delights in us, we can take the land that those people already meet for us. We can deal with them. They wanted to stone those ones. It was a serious matter. So God became tired of them. He said in Numbers 14, 22, Because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to test now these ten times, I have not heeded my voice. They certainly shall not see the land in which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. God counted the number of times they had gone wrong. When God starts to number, list your sin, then you know you're in trouble. Why? Because they had a bad attitude. Because they can't just believe God for anything. Any little thing they fear up, they complain, they murmur. They wanted to stone Joshua and Caleb. Every time they say, oh, we want to go back to Egypt, we want to go back to Egypt. Any little thing, we are going back to Egypt. They even say we are better off in Egypt than this place that Moses is taking us to. It was insult upon insult. You may not be that loquacious, but in your mind, and you see, your attitude reflects in your words. How do I know somebody who has a poor attitude? By what he speaks, if you are not happy, it will come out from your word. And God says, I'm the reason for your joy. Being joyful 
is a decision you have to take. Because I keep saying this. Every time you are not joyful, Satan is happy. And he will come and beat you down. Yes, there's a clinical side of depression, but there's also a spiritual side of depression. <laughs> That's just the truth. So, these people, the Bible says God counted their sins against them. But he now said, my servant Caleb has a different attitude that the others have. He has remained loyal to me, so I will bring him into the land he explored. His descendants will possess their full share of that land. Say, because this guy has a different attitude. He has a different spirit. He always tries to see things in the positive. He always realizes that it doesn't matter how difficult things are. God is over all things. So, as a Christian and a believer, I trust my God. I believe him. Yes, things may be rough, but he will never leave me nor forsake me. When I go through the waters, they will not overwhelm me. When I go through the fire, they will not kindle against me. When I pass through the shadow of death, it will be there with me because his rod comforts me because his staff is always there. So when I begin to say those words in the face of challenges, when I speak positively, when I confess the word of God, I'm telling God I trust in you. That's what God wants to hear. People who speak faith, they have positive attitude, not because life is not dealing them a big blow, but because they know they are God. Because they know very soon what they are passing through will become history. They know that what they are going through will soon become history. And I see your challenges becoming history in the mighty name of Jesus. I see your marital issues becoming history. God was counting their sins. That blew me. He said, this ten times, you've done this thing ten times, now your case is closed. Your case will never be closed with God in Jesus' mighty name. Our case will never be closed with God in Jesus' mighty name. Another thing that we have to take cognizance of is vision. Because in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 11 to 12, Jeremiah 1, 11 to 12, the Bible says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch of almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I will hasten my word to perform it. The branch of the almond tree, I read some commentaries, comes up during spring. And they said this time that God was talking to Jeremiah was a winter season, was a winter time. So God was asking Jeremiah in winter, what do you see? And Jeremiah was telling God, I can see the almond tree coming up in winter. In winter, the almond tree dies. I mean, there's no branch of it. Everything just goes dead on the almond tree. But this guy was saying, Lord, I can see the almond tree flourishing. He was saying that to God in winter when actually this tree blossoms in the spring. And God said, you have seen well. In other words, he was telling God, I can see far. Vision is foresight based on insight with the benefit of insight. In other words, you have seen far. Because you have educated your mind with the word of God. And that's how you can see what God will do in the future. People who don't renew their minds regularly, they only live in the present. They can't live in the future. But some people actually live in the future. Those who have educated their minds well with the word of God. God says you have to learn to renew your mind. When you renew your mind, you are making it new again. So this man called Jeremiah was seen spring in winter. What are you going through? You may have a son that is difficult. Can you see that son becoming something great in life? So vision is like you get what God is saying and you begin to toe the line of what God is saying. I want to appeal to you. Don't allow your heart to be controlled by what you see around you. 
allow your heart to be ruled and to be governed by God's promises. Somebody said, when you look at the ground, when you look down, you will see deaths. D-I-R-D. So when you look around, you see discouragement. But when you look up, you see the stars. That's why David said, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From where is coming my help? Say, my help come from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. God spoke to Abraham, saying, raise your sight. Say, lift up your head, raise your sight. Raise it above what you are seeing. And the only way to raise your sight is to expose your mind to the word of God. I drive 45 minutes from home to church. But guess what? As I'm coming to church, I'm hearing the word. The word is hitting me. And I also have my 17-year-old boy, he's also hearing. If you don't let to expose your mind to the word of God, you can't see far. Because everything you see is discouraging. God said, Abraham, raise your sides. Say, raise your sight. Genesis 13, 14. Say, raise it. Look beyond the mundane. And God is telling somebody here, raise your sight. And you will raise your sight. And as you raise your sight, God will come through for you in the mighty name of Jesus. And of course, it's also true that the wrong voice will steal your vision. Your association matters a lot. When you have somebody who is speaking wrong into your life, it will cut your 20 feet dream to <laughs> one feet. It's happened to me before. I'm not proud to say it. Every time I talk about vision, I remember how somebody hijacked my vision because he was just envious of me. So maybe you have somebody who's talking you out of your dreams. <laughs> He's not a friend. <laughs> he may appear as a friend. I hope you know we have friend enemies. So run from them. David got to the valley of Hila and he saw Goliath spitting from a beamstone. He said, look, I will take on this guy. And as he was going around gathering information, what would be the peck for the person who falls him? What would be the benefit? And his brother saw him all over the place, gathering information. And the guy came and said, look, you're a stupid guy. Go back. What of those sheep that you left? What are you doing here, by the way? The Bible says, David turned away from Eliab. He turned away. He turned away from Eliab. You had better borrow that cue from David. There are people who are speaking to your life. And they are cutting your vision down. In my own life, I want people that will enhance me, that will tell me, go for it, go for it, you can do it. That's how to get into the next level of refreshing. As we begin to round up, another parameter, another thing that will help you to usher in a new season is action-oriented faith. Bible says in James chapter 2, verse 26, James 2, 26, that as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. There are some things God will not do. If you are saying, God, please help, God is saying, look, what can you do? There was a siege on Samaria. The siege was so bad, some country just came and besieged Samaria. So these guys couldn't go out. They couldn't come in. There was no supply going into their country. Very soon, there was famine. And of course, in the famine, things became so bad that women began to eat their children as food. It became so bad. And mind you, there were some four leprous guys, because they are not allowed in the city. They were by the gate of Samaria. They were just there by the gate of Samaria. And they said, look, this is a hopeless situation. If you go into the city, <laughs> there is famine in the city. If you go out away from the city, the Assyrians are there, and they would destroy us. But after a while, they said, we just have to take a step. Because where they were, they were dying. There was no food. And they began to tiptoe to the enemy's camp out of Samaria. And the Bible says God made the enemy to hear a rushing sound. And the enemies fled. They ran. If those guys had not taken that step, they would have died on that same spot. The Assyrians would have been overtaken. Some people's miracle is just waiting. 
the next level is just that step you haven't taken. And God is so patient. He's not going anywhere. A thousand years in his calendar is one day. One day in his calendar is like a thousand years. So he's not bound by time. His own time is eternity. Works completes the cycle of faith. It completes the cycle of faith. If you say you're a Christian and there's no change in your life, that's faith without works. Because what shows you that you are what you are is your works. A step of faith does not wait for all conditions to be perfect before making a move. If you're always waiting for all conditions to be perfect, you may never rise to where God will have you rise to. At times, we have to take the bull by the horn. We have to trust God. But you have to make that next move. Another parameter is obedience. Obedience to God, obedience to his instructions, obedience to God will make the job done any day. It was obedience to Jesus' instruction that made water turn to wine. Because he told them, fill up the water pots and begin to serve. They filled up the water pots and they began to serve. Is my prayer those adverse conditions, they will change to prosperous conditions in the mighty name of Jesus? Is my prayer your waiting is over? In the mighty name of Jesus. God will yank you off wrong associations. And God will also help you to educate your mind. You will know you are in Christ. You won't need anybody to validate. You will learn how to validate yourself. And you also learn how to speak words in the face of challenges. God is just waiting for your voice. He's just waiting for something to work with. And when you give him something to work with, it will work. It's my prayer you always give God something to work with. In the mighty name of Jesus. And as we give God things to work with, it will work wonders in our life. In the mighty name of Jesus, I see a new season beckoning on you. I see God coming through for you in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for listening. And make sure you subscribe for more great podcasts.